This podcast is not for the easily offended, victimhood enthusiasts, or those who take themselves too seriously, namely cyclists, conspiracy theorists, personal trainers, and other fanatics. Your hobby is shit is a nerd-free environment which strongly discourages dickheads from listening. Authorised by Sean Woodland for Your Hobby is Shit. Since day dot, humans have invented, inadvertently stumbled across, or tried to discover passions and stuff they're good at by having a go at hobbies. We might use them for pleasure, health, fitness, to combat loneliness, or to distract us from reality, all in the hope we can find meaning in our lives. Hobbies can be bizarre, addictive, psychologically revealing, and sometimes even beyond ridiculous. But, whatever your hobby, chances are, it's at the very least, a little bit shit. So listen in and prepare for your hobby to be exposed. I'm Sean Woodland, host of Your Hobby Is Shit. Welcome along listeners, it's been another wild and wacky week since we last shared an MP3 file. Super Bowl Sunday was held yet again on a Monday in Australia. Now, if you like watching something like chess that comes with the likelihood of the participants suffering significant head trauma, American football, it's the game for you. If you like watching an average of 100 commercials per match of your chosen sport and roughly 11 minutes of game time, plus a further 17 minutes spent watching replays, American football, it's the game for you. For those not in the know, it's a game very much like rugby league, except a little bit softer because they use padding and helmets. But like rugby league, it's played by a collection of murderers, dogfighters, drug cheats, lunatics, men who have problems dealing with women, and an assortment of other poorly educated reprobates. Like rugby league, American football is generously promoted as gladiatorial, which is a silky smooth way of concealing the fact that lots of really dumb, crazy motherfuckers play the game. For five months of every year, the National Football League is more popular than church in America. And yes, just like the churches, in the football too, it's mainly rich conservative white fellows who profit from the gullible's patronage. When comparing church and American football, it's hard to know which one is more fucking boring. With America's standing as the mother, father, they, them of capitalism, it's easy to see why the halftime Super Bowl commercial attracts more attention than the game. This year, the match was played between the Rams and the Bengals, whatever they are. Jesus. Second in tradition and prestige to the commercials is the halftime entertainment. This year, they had The Rock introducing the spectacle and then Snoop Dogg puffing on a doobie in a dugout before the game. Thank fuck Grace Tame wasn't there. Eminem was there too and Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige. Nicer than the put a chick on. As the open-minded person I am, of course I've watched a couple of Super Bowls. All I'll say is that thank fuck there was beer there when I did. Beer can make pretty much anything less boring except being stuck with someone who wants to talk about work, their renovations or their relationship difficulties. I've even been to a game. On our drinking tour to celebrate the world not coming to an end after Y2K, my mate Kenny and I went to each and every American sport apart from baseball. An ex-American track athlete named Bob Donker took us to Hooters one night in Seattle and offered us tickets to a finals match that was being played there. Sadly, we had to decline as we were headed on to Canada. And the only reason I tell you that story is because I love the fact that we met a bloke called Bob Donker. 
But we did go to a couple of ice hockey games just for the violence. Fucked if we could even see where the puck was. Uh, we also went to an NBA game. We'll do an episode on basketball in the future. I've got a fair bit to say about that game. But a lot of the emphasis will be on the fact that if you're tall, so you should be fucking good at it. And also, why the game never really gets going until the last three minutes. The rest is a waste of all of our time. Sadly, a lot of NFL games follow suit and the last few minutes takes a fucking eternity. That's not theatre. That's boring. But Kenny and I went to a college football game and I think the Orange Bowl in Miami. There was 47,000 people there. That's about the SCG capacity watching university kids play football. The energy was absolutely electric from start to finish and the only pity was that the game was shit boring. More so than Australians, Americans have been conditioned to comply, conform and consume. This means they've got little idea as to what constitutes a good time. Other things that don't help are their global ignorance, their undying patriotism, dedication to rituals and their famous insularity. Imagine how excited they'd be if they watched something that was entertaining. They're not on their pat alone though. Four billion people around the world are into soccer. It's not the most exciting of hobbies. That's a similar amount of people who believe in one of the currently available gods. So what does this adherence to social norms really tell us? I don't know. It doesn't say anything real good about us. And I often wonder why I'm not so obsessed about sport anymore. I see on Twitter and Facebook all day, every day, men of around my age who are all over every fucking game of anything taking place around the world, conversing as if it matters, like it's important. And they're sincere. Is it them that have the void in their souls or me? How the fuck do they find the time? Don't they have wives, jobs, kids, important shit to get done? I guess if I was single and didn't have kids, I might watch more sport again, but I'd only do it with friends. I'd soon have bowel surgery with a stick than sit at home watching a game of American football on my own. Spending time thinking. Now that's a good hobby. Well, unless you're mentally ill anyway, then it's a really bad hobby. I once uh, remember former Prime Minister Paul Keating being asked. Actually, he probably wasn't asked. Knowing Keating, he probably just decided to tell someone. He said that when he was PM, there's no way he would have wasted his time going on a program like Q&A because he'd have been better off spending that time thinking. Sadly, a supremely talented sledger like Keating berating some imbecile on live television would have improved the show because it's fucking awful. I can't watch it. Worse than the project even. Politicians go on with their little sound bites ready to unleash in their head and they spew them out repeatedly no matter what they're asked. It's fucking embarrassing and they're definitely not thinking. Humans do think in a variety of different ways though. There's this Scottish bloke at the gym and I think he's a maths or physics genius, possibly both. But the lucky bastard's got no kids so he's plenty of time, he's got plenty of time to learn and think. Anyways, he suggested I read this book, and it's called Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow, and it was written by some Nobel Prize winner, Daniel Kahneman. And what I learned by reading this book was how fucking dumb I really am, like how little I know, that my limitations are enormous. Like Academic texts are often written in language that is difficult for the layperson, but this was really fucking hard, like my head hurt. But it was interesting. I'll do my best to explain how it works. Say, if like me, when I was in primary school, I'd watched a couple of Bruce Lee movies and the only Asian kid at our school did karate. 
so I naturally concluded that all Asian people did karate. Or say, if a mate asks you, do you want to go for a beer, without thinking, you reply, yes, yes I do. Now these are both examples of fast thinking, automatic, it can be irrational, illogical, or just a plain stupid way, but we all do it. But if you applied your slow, rational, and logical thinking, you would realise that you were wrong about all Asians doing karate, but absolutely right about agreeing to have a beer with a mate. Like There's huge benefits to both ways of thinking. The problem arises when we use the fast method of thinking in situations where the slow method would serve us better. When we think fast instead of slow, we can introduce all these biases and misconceptions that aren't ideal. And if you're anchored in beliefs, there's fuck all chance of learning nor understanding another point of view. Likewise, if you consume plenty of tabloid shit media, you can start to think that something that is highly unlikely to occur, like say getting bashed up by an Asian karate expert when you're out, or not enjoying your beer, you can believe that those things are very likely to occur. What you consume impacts what you think and believe to be true. So thinking fast can cultivate stereotypes. There's plenty of ways in which thinking fast suits us, like a big dolt barks at you, barking and snarling, and you fucking run. It's raining, best grab an umbrella. Split-second decisions on a sporting field, perfect for fast thinking. Going to the pub for a beer, fucking tremendous example. But there's plenty of times when slow thinking would serve us better. Falling in love with a man from Nigeria over the internet or one from Sydney whom you've never met or seen a picture of that's asking you for money, gambling, like you're not going to win. No matter how you frame the data in your head or sports bet does it for you, you will never finish in front, ever. Anyway, so what got me to thinking about this book I'd read was Whoopi Goldberg, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, Eddie McGuire, Pauline Hanson, Dave Chappelle, and, and plenty of others too, including me and all of us, I'd imagine. Remember in last week's episode, I talked about Whoopi Goldberg saying something fucking horrendously stupid about the Holocaust not being about race, even though it involved one race trying to extinguish another race from the planet. Now, apart from Whoopi possibly not being quite as bright as she like to think she is, another reason this vile shit came tumbling out of her mouth was because as a participant on a chat show with several other women, all clambering to be heard, wanting to take the limelight and make a point in a five-minute segment on a topic that they may or may not have had too much idea about, Whoopi is thinking in fast mode. There's no time to think slow on live television or radio or on stage for that matter. When Whoopi was forced to think slowly, she eventually realised that what had come out of her mouth was completely awful horseshit. Social media makes you think fast. Like, I can go from wanting to bash some anti-vaxxer carny to laughing my head off at someone falling down a manhole within 20 seconds. Social media elicits immediate emotional responses. It's like rapid cycling in mental illnesses. Like the other day on Twitter, for example, I saw someone posting about how the American comedian Dave Chappelle was a shit human. I knew he'd said some stuff about trans people that had caused somewhat of a kerfuffle, so I thought I'd look further. But this was about something else entirely. Uh, Chappelle lives in a place called Yellow Springs in Ohio. It's a joint full of rich people. And the local council wanted to include some affordable housing in a development project. Now, Chappelle, who is heavily invested in the community, he got up at the council meeting and threatened to withdraw his many multi-million dollar investments in the area if this plan went ahead. And I immediately thought, what a cunt. Are all rich people the same? Particularly as Chappelle claims to have grown up poor. 
I was thinking fast, only considering the Twitter pylon. Then I looked further into it, and it turns out plenty of the community were on Chappelle's side and that the plan was half-baked, sprawl-type development deal which had little consideration for the community, culture, and infrastructure. So thinking slowly made me see there was more to it and that possibly the media had just ambushed him regarding the affordable housing because Chappelle bashing is quite popular at the moment. Now, I don't know who's right and who's wrong. One thing I do know, the more people try to cancel Dave Chappelle, the richer he's getting. And also, he doesn't give a flying fuck what anyone thinks about him. Uh, Eddie Maguire and Salad Sandylands have made careers out of thinking fast. Pauline Hanson is unencumbered with the mental apparatus to do anything but think fast. Every now and then, you see or hear something so incredibly bizarre that you can't even imagine how it came out of someone's mouth. So incredible coherent and dumb, nonsensical, that you can't believe it even made it to air, like a couple of chronic alcoholics discussing world views after eight bottles of vodka. Last week, Ben the Beer Brewer sent me something. No, it wasn't a six-pack of the Immortal Pale Ale, though to be fair, he did offer me one when he arrived at my joint on Saturday night. Had it not been lukewarm, I might have accepted it too. No, what he sent me was a clip from Joe Rogan's podcast where he sat down for an interview with none other than Jordan B. Peterson. I think the B, as the uh, initial of the middle name, is uh, introduced to try and add a little bit of intellectual legitimacy to what Peterson does. It's a trick used by authors quite a bit. It's definitely not something normal people do. Rogan, when not commentating on MMA, mixed martial arts, he tries to be the bogan smart man. Deliberately contrarian and likes to promote himself as open-minded and questioning the status quo, but he's really just seeking out the controversial. He's confident, curious and easy to listen to, so it is easy to see why people get sucked in. For his clever spreading of misinformation and circular conversations that share some pretty bigoted ideas, Rogan earns about 150 million bucks a year. To put that in perspective, I've just had to quit drinking coffee, not because it's bad for me or I don't like it, but so my kids can do karate lessons. And also maybe because I'm a fat bastard. Jordan Peterson, sorry, Jordan B. Peterson, is the sad, dumb man, smart man. He's a real piece of work. Not as sonically gifted as Rogan, yet retains the same confidence when speaking. He's a uh, psychologist who is both mummy and daddy issues, and either knowingly or otherwise, uses his pain to peddle all sorts of unsavoury bullshit, which he dresses up as highbrow philosophy. Not only does he dress his words up, he wore a fucking tuxedo to a podcast interview. This guy's one massive red flag who spouts easily digestible stuff that on first hearing can sound intelligent and right, if you're thinking fast. Essentially, the pair of them succeed because they appeal to mostly men who are confused and need to find some self-worth in a world that doesn't cater for their every desire like it once did, denims. There are a couple of conservative white men laying the groundwork for either wealthier white men and the sad fucks who love them. Anyways, the pair of dicks had the most incredible minute or so of conversation during Rogan's podcast last week. Have a listen to this. To sort out. The climate change one is a weird one. So that well, one... that's because there's no such thing as climate, right? Climate and everything are the same word. And Good I start. Climate and everything are the same type. word. It's like, this is something that bothers me about it technically. It's like, well, climate is about everything. The circle jerks on okay. now. 
But your models aren't based on everything. Your models are based on a set number of variables. Yeah. So that means you've instead of calling bullshit Rogan goes yeah dickhead. Well, how did you decide which set of variables to include in the equation if it's about everything? And that's not just a criticism. That's like, if it's about everything, your models aren't right because mm. your models do not and cannot model everything. He's saying absolutely fucking nothing going round in circles, and the best Rogan can do is go and rationality. Mm, yeah, and, fucking wankers. And, uh, you know, uh, personal responsibility, or you're a voice of intolerance and bigotry and anger and hateful. Sexual oppression. Uh, what did Michael prejudice. Eric Dyson call you? Uh, a mean, mean, angry and white mean, man? Yeah, and, and a mean, angry white man. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. You're not mean at all. Yeah, yeah. That's what's dumb about that statement. It's, you're not mean at all. It's, I uh, am white. Actually, that's a lie, too. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Couldn't get any worse. Well, just fucking white. Because I'm, I'm darker than you. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but neither of us are white. Well, I'm Italian. And mostly. he was brown, not black. Well, isn't that weird? Yeah, it's this, really the, weird. The black and white thing is so strange yeah, because like the shades are so... Tan and brown. There's such a <laughs> spectrum grief. of shades of people. Unless you're talking to someone who is spectrum like 100% African from the darkest place where they're not wearing any clothes all day. <laughs> and they've developed all that melanin to protect themselves from the sun. You've got to not you wear know, clothes to be black. Even the term black is weird. It's a... Mm. It's a and when you use it Almost for people as that weird are as the shit you're literally talking. my color, it becomes very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not true. as strange it's as you two. Fuck with. Hear the thumping in the background there. I assume that was the fucking producer banging his head on the desk. How can two men of supposed intelligence produce such rambling, fucking nonsensical shit? I've made more sense at the back end of a three-day bender. That is some of the most convoluted, nonsensical gibberish masquerading as intellectual shit I've ever heard in my life. I've got no idea who Michael Eric Dyson is, but I looked him up, and he, he looks black enough to me. And I'll tell you another thing, both of those dickheads are whiter than me. But to be fair, I have spent a fair bit of time in the pool at the beach and playing golf lately. But even if you still think that climate change is crap and that 90% of the world's scientists are making it up for some reason or another, or you think that some people aren't as black as you'd like them to be, still, was that idiotic exchange anywhere near good enough to tender as worthy to a discussion? Any discussion. And these people speak to fucking millions. Holy fuck. Man. Uh, white people, I, I need you to send something better than those two guys to the national conversation. To any conversation. My kid makes more sense when he starts telling me about fucking Superman, for Christ's sakes. If you want an example of when thinking fast is a really bad idea, that's fucking it. They should put that in textbooks. Holy fuck. Now, good luck reading the book, Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow, though. Oh, you're better off listening to an interview on YouTube. Just not with Rogan or Peterson. Two men who just inspire me to be really fucking dumb. I'm not sure I've ever bought my beautiful wife Lou anything for Valentine's Day, but yesterday I did. Her and the kids had spoiled me for my birthday the day before, so I thought why not grab her a bunch of flowers. The kids and I pulled up to a roadside flower sale on Anzac Parade in Sydney. Boris and I went in and I'll be fucked if I'm lying, the cheapest bunch there was 65 bucks. No better than the ones you get at Coles for 20, they weren't either. 
These assholes would have made more money yesterday than I make in three months by preying on the panic experienced by the poorly organised man of last-minute actions. In the end, I spent $30 on a single rose. To be fair, it did have a tiny teddy bear with it. Did they see me and hundreds of other blokes coming? Every other bloke and I who'd bothered to park the car and walk down the driveway knew they'd been hoodwinked by a family of thieves. We also knew that once we'd made that 30-metre trek, there was no turning back, as the ordeal would have to simply be recommenced elsewhere, not to mention with the increasing risk of flower unavailability due to the late hour. But all of us handed over the cash, and the facial expressions of each and every one traipsing back up the driveway were like those of men who'd been exploited. Oh, it was terrible. Where's the romance in that? It's the thought that counts, though, eh? (laughs) Even Boris expressed dismay at the ridiculous amount I paid for one shitty little flower. And yes, I'm still dealing with the anger today. I've always believed that most overtly romantic blokes are either chair sniffers or have guilty consciences. So any bloke who goes overboard on Valentine's Day is definitely up to no good. Aside of being yet another insincere creation intended only to separate us from our hard-earned, the day also panders to the emotionally retarded and those whose sense of self or otherwise is defined by having a partner. The idiots who believe the happy ever after myth. Further, it's another day where participants are instructed on how to behave and enjoy themselves. Where's the authenticity in that? And you'll be pleased to hear that the flower was just still in its plastic thing lying on the kitchen floor when I got home today. Next year I'll take it to the pub to watch the Super Bowl. It's Victim of the Week. Poor old Canberra's been under the pump the last week or so with all the carnies on their convoy descending on the town. That lot claimed two million people were there to protest. I'd gather that maths was never a strong point for most of them, nor education in general. Mind you, it's not the silliest claim this bunch of fools has made in the past couple of years, I suppose. There's been... Holding Commodores, lunatics claiming they've been infected with 5G, arrests of gun-toting maniacs, silly flags, bizarre wannabe gurus in their tinfoil hats, rantings of absolute maniacs, some serious mishandling, which is also known as stealing of donated funds, a couple of car crashes, and if you haven't seen the one I'm talking about, just Google Convoy Car Crash and watch it right till the very end. Uh, It's Fucking bizarre. And a whole bunch of freedom fighters there to peacefully oppose vaccine mandates while listening to the ramblings of potential cult leaders, most of whom made even less sense than Rogan and Peterson. It was of great interest to me that whilst many of these clowns were there to showcase their fierce stupidity and general idiocy, some were also there to protest against public health measures, measures that have been introduced to prevent disease and illness and the like. That the filthy bunch of cooked units suffered an outbreak of pink eye and dysentery while in their freedom commune is nothing short of very fucking funny and rather ironic. The beautiful irony of that. And that's what makes the cooked carnies the victim of the week, albeit very fucking deserving victims. Whoever said Canberra was boring. Alright, until next time, remember, if you can, your hobby is shit particularly if you're a fuckwit disturbing the people of Canberra.
Thanks for lending me your ears for another episode. All going well, I'll be back next week with current news and some harsh but fair critiques of more shit hobbies. You know where to find the podcast. Please subscribe to and share it, or don't. I'll be okay. You can find Your Hobby is Shit on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Your feedback, suggestions and abuse are all greatly appreciated. And if you're, for example, the manufacturer of a great beer like, say, the Immortal Pale Ale, and you're looking to sponsor an enlightening podcast, I'm open to offers. Thanks again. I'm Sean Woodland, the host, writer, producer, editor, and complaints handler at Your Hobby is Shit. If you take one thing out of today's episode, people, I want it to be that climate and everything are exactly the same thing. Holy fucking shit. I still can't believe that.